millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Another uh, hectic and busy day ahead. Uh, Lots of top guests talking about, well, MPs talking about themselves, which is pretty much what they did yesterday. This at a time when, of course, we've got the integrated rail plan being published today. Uh, Still threats of vaccine passports. That's coming over from Europe. We've seen them extended to Northern Ireland from Scotland uh, and Wales as well. And, of course, the cost of living crisis still a massive issue. And uh, the channel migrants and the latest plan there. Well, talking about all of that, plus, of course, Dory Slees is uh, my guest joining me this morning. Uh, He's uh, Jason Haddon, uh, MBE, who is a barrister. Good morning to you, Jason. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. And it's been a long time since you've had on the show in this role, obviously long, I think long before uh, the pandemic indeed. So it's great to have you back, giving your tuppence worth on all of the big stories. Um, Let's start with the the Tory Sleaze story. Now, some extraordinary exchanges in the House of Commons yesterday. First of all, the Prime Minister's questions. Then at the Liaison Committee, which is basically the the chairs of a lot of the the most senior, the the committees in in the House of Commons. There are various different makeups of that Liaison Committee, depending on who's getting to ask a question. And then, of course, actually, the real quote of the day comes from, well, reports from MPs. Uh, The backbench meeting of 1922 Committee of Tory MPs yesterday. Boris attended that. uh, And uh, this is where he apparently said that uh, he had, uh, you know, on an open road, he'd crashed the car into a ditch over the Owen Paterson affair. How damaging do you think all of this discussion for, what, two weeks now over sleaze, own patterns, second jobs, how damaging do you think that is and how much is it really concerning voters? I don't think it concerns voters in the long term, but uh, Labour without doing anything has now kind of topped the polls. It it was a bizarre day yesterday for the Prime Minister. Uh, It started with him getting beaten up quite seriously by the Speaker of the House of Commons, who seem to remind him that it's called Prime Minister's Question Time, uh, not Leader of the Opposition Question Time. Uh, It it was also quite unsavoury from um, Keir Starmer, uh, who decided to call the Prime Minister a coward, which didn't go down terribly well either with, uh, I don't think it goes terribly well with the country. People don't like the Leader of the Opposition turning around to your Prime Minister and calling him a coward. Uh, And Lindsay Hoyle, the um, Speaker, uh, was less than impressed with anything that was going on, rather took the view that the House of Commons was being treated badly, particularly after the sad death 
uh, of Mr. Amos just a couple of weeks ago. And the, the general view, I mean, I certainly agree with the common speaker, Lindsay Hall, is very different from uh, from John Burke, his predecessor, and he feels yeah. very strongly about the House not being brought into disrepute. And and actually, a lot of these exchanges, which all oh, they might make great Twitter ex- you know, exchanges on Twitter, but actually. A, most people aren't watching this stuff. They're busy trying to earn a living to pay for the inflation rises and the energy bills oh, yeah, going up. Coming. They're more, more concerned about all of that. Um, but but also, you know, they, they 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 don't want to see politicians, as you say, exchanging uh, those sort of uh, those sort of uh, insults. Let's have a little listen, actually, to you mentioned that the speaker really giving the prime minister quite a big telling off. Let's have a listen to what he said. Prime minister. I'm, I'm... Very happy to publish all the details of the Randolph's contracts, which have been investigated by the National Audit Office already. Because we were talking of cover-ups. Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Speaker, uh, but we still have not heard why the Honourable General will not tell. Oh, 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 oh. Prime Minister, Prime Minister, sit down, Prime Minister. I'm not going to be challenged. You may be the Prime Minister of this country, but in this house, I'm in charge, and we're going to carry on. I have to say, here, here to Sir Lindsay Hoyle on that one again. I mean, that wasn't just the first time the Prime Minister kept talking about this, uh, accusing the uh, the leader of the opposition of of misconduct, a play on words, of a misconduct. Um, but again, that the use of that, that term, coward. Now let's move on to the liaison committee. Um, yes. And this is where the the Prime Minister was answering questions from the the chairs of committees, and there was a whole range of topics. Uh, you know, it, it included company questions about you know um, uh, cyber flashing. Included questions about rail services, the economy. I mean, he went all migrants all over the place. Lots and lots of different topics. Now he's quite good at handling himself these scenarios. But there was that exchange with um, as um, Chris Bryant, who of course is the you know, the chair of the committee, parliamentary committee on standards, and and that. Um, and in which Chris Bryant was talking about how, you know, the, Theresa May, his predecessor, had said that his reactions over the Owen Patterson case were misplaced, ill-judged and just plain wrong. Um, and, and that exchange was really very testy as well, wasn't it? One got the sense yesterday that the Prime Minister wasn't really up for it. He looked exhausted throughout. He sounded poorly. Uh, I mean, he definitely has yeah, a cold, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, and to, to want a very phrase, Chris Bryant really properly cross-examined him and took him to task, wasn't accepting answers which he was given, because the Prime Minister had really nowhere to go with respect to the advice which he had given to the business secretary, uh, and what was said there with respect to whether um, the there, sh- there should be a resignation or not with respect to uh, actually going after Patterson for, to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, and one got the sense for the Prime Minister was really just kind of down with the whole thing, recognised that he'd made complete mistakes and conflating Patterson with the the actual appeal process. Um, And and Brian just wouldn't take his answers. He he just attacked and attacked. There's definitely no love lost between the two of them. Now, the big question here is... um, does any of this even matter? Now we see that the Tories have now gone below Labour in the polls in the last in the last week. That has obviously put the cat among the pigeons. Uh, we saw in the Prime Minister's questions uh, in the chamber. That's normally packed with MPs. You go along, you cheer loudly, and you back the Prime Minister. They and they knew he was, you know, going to be facing difficult questions from Keir Starmer. And those benches looked very thin indeed. Apparently, a line of MPs standing outside his Commons office waiting to see him afterwards. Um, and some angry exchanges at the 1922 committee. A lot of MPs worried about losing their jobs, worried that the Prime Minister lost his his you know supposedly magic touch. We've got a lot of other things that voters would be understandably concerned about more than 
whether a another MP has got a second job. They don't. They they think a, they think a plague on all your houses about MPs generally, don't they? But we're looking at you know we've just had a second terror attack in a month. Um, we've got I mean which could have been horrific if that bomb hadn't exploded in the back of the car um, in Liverpool. We've got a huge cost of living crisis, which is only just beginning to hit and is only going to get worse. Energy prices, inflation, uh, the national insurance uh, hike next April and the like. Uh, we've got, you know, threat of COVID hanging over Christmas. And are we going to be facing vaccine passports and lockdowns and all of that? We've got millions waiting uh, for NHS treatment. And we've got all, all of that going on. And and here are MPs talking about themselves. I mean, a lot of voters will be just absolutely disgusted by this. This is very much a Westminster bubble story. Isn't it? Uh, I think you're completely right that the majority of people think that all politicians are sleazy and are bad. And that is wrong because many of them work so hard. I, I would uh, they... say the majority. I genuinely, yeah. I've known these people for years. I would say the majority of MPs are very good, hardworking people who work yeah. a lot longer hours than most other people do. And they're in it for the right reasons to help people. And they work 24-7, uh, despite having perhaps other jobs elsewhere. Um, but this isn't the story which is interesting to people on the street in their homes. What is worrying them is the fact that the cost of living is going bonkers. Yeah. What is worrying them is that inflation is going through the, you know, through the sky at the moment. It's gone 4.2%. Uh, is not helpful to their cost of living. That's where they notice it in their pockets. I mean, people putting, not yeah, putting you know, diesel or petrol into the car. We were speaking to the Institute for Fiscal Studies, Paul Johnson, yesterday. He was saying, unless we all get a seven percent pay rise, we're all going to be, you know, having less money in our pockets next year. Well, who do you know who's getting a seven percent pay rise? I mean, unless you drive a, you know, a tanker, uh, you're a lorry driver for, for you know, for for Tesco. Uh, that everyone else isn't getting those sort of pay rises. Certainly not in the public sector, and really in most parts of the private sector, not at all. Either. And so people are going to be feeling poorer. Now, I wonder how much this is going to affect Boris Johnson's, you know, Teflon like popularity ratings. I think the Labour Party have just been astounded over the last couple of years. Just what does the man have to do to, to, to lose, you know, lose the faith of many uh, voters, not just Tory voters, but when you're, you're speaking to us from the Midlands, uh, many, you know, Red Wall voters in the Midlands and the north of the country. Um, it would appear that uh, being to sort of take your eye off the ball, to be worried about stuff that, you know, is, is not about what real, you know, real people worry about every day. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm well paid. You're well paid. I'm going to guess, though, that you are looking at your heating bill and going, what, at the moment? I mean, people yeah. are noticing this stuff. And I suppose, in, in many sense, that's where the connection does lie, particularly with respect to um, Sir Geoffrey Cox, uh, and the fact that he made so much yeah. money uh, and you get normal jealousies which kind of kick in in that respect. And that's where the story does have a little bit of legs. Yeah. But I don't yeah. think come to a general election, this is going to be the story, which because it's been around for 20 years. Yeah, it's kind of, my view is it's already priced in. Uh, voters who think that of the Tory sleeve, they're not voting Tory anyway. And uh, and that's not going to be the single biggest issue. Very different from, say, you know, the expenses scandal in 2009, which was, I think, a real uh, eye opener to a lot of people. Um, let's talk about the integrated rail plan. It's going to be published later today. Um, um, basic crucial line has been you know, the HS2 line to Leeds uh, being cancelled, uh, but also new Manchester Leeds uh, line being cancelled. Um, a lot of anger from Northern MPs, from all sides, from, from the mayors and the Midlands and North saying that you know, this whole plan that the government had, this whole mantra about levelling up only works if you put the infrastructure in, if you spend the money on the investment to actually make sure people have got the transport links for people to travel to and from work, uh, to you know, set up a business and know you can get places. And um, 
And that simply isn't happening. £96 billion of investment will go ahead on some very important upgrades to existing lines. But apparently only half of that is going to be new money. I mean, there, there is going to be a huge outcry about this, isn't there? I, I think there is, because the whole purpose, as you say, of levelling up is that we're all in this together and that you can get across the country quickly, efficiently and effectively. And the government have turned around and say, well, actually, I'm not sure we can afford to do what we might want to do. Uh, and I suppose part of it is balancing whether whether there is this acceptance or recognition that you need to get over the country as much as you do post-COVID. I think you probably do. But we, I, but I mean, again, do, people... do we all want to live on Zoom forever? I, I certainly don't. I mean, when I look at um, the plans from Mark Zuckerberg and whatever they're calling themselves this week uh, at Facebook, um, their, their plans for us all to sort of live in this sort of entirely you know, made up computerised world. I mean, it makes me feel physically sick with horror. An AI pod life yeah. where we don't yeah. leave our homes and we sit here happily forever. We're, we're we in the matrix at this point, aren't yeah. we? I want to live in real life and take some risks and not be safe all the time. And, and, and you know, and call, call me old fashioned. I'd like to live as a human being. But but this is the thing. We've, we've we... never had you down as a risk taker, Julia. <laughs> this is new. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. You, you should... Cage diving with great white sharks. Come on, give me a break. Um, I no, th- This is the thing for a lot of people. Um, I think so much of the decisions about um, infrastructure in this country are made in Whitehall by people who live in London, who have buses and tube lines and, 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 and Ubers coming out of their ears. There are, um, if, if one, one tube line is down and my, we're at my stage, I've got about four others I can walk to. I've got so many different options for getting around. Most people don't even have one. I've got friends who live in places where, you know, there, there isn't, there is, there's a bus that goes, you know, every two hours, for goodness sake. I've got a tube that goes every minute. Um, people cannot get around. Um, they, they need cars. Again, this is anti-car mantra we're getting from the government. There is a lot that is being done in government that just does not understand how millions, most people in this country, in fact, live their lives. And that is, that's a feeling a lot of folks will have about, you know, government being out of touch. And that is very dangerous. Uh, and, and it's been around for years. And I think that's part of the problem. Uh, you're quite right that the Conservative Party in particular don't realise what happens in the North because that's not where they have traditionally held their seats. So they haven't worried about it. But there is a lot of poverty in the North and it is this duty of this government to do something about it. Yeah. And that's what HS2 opened the door to do. Yeah. I mean, uh, and that's why it is vitally important. Yeah, I mean, there are certainly lots of other priorities on rail in terms of linking cities sort of east and west. Mm. But um, but the, but the fact that we're not going to see as much of that as had been hoped is, is also going to be a concern. Uh, more from Jason Haddon coming up. We're going to look at all those front pages that are crashing the car into a ditch. Seems to feature on quite a lot of them. And we'll talk about the Christmas joy that has been brought to us early by the news that nine insulate Britain activists will be in jail for Christmas for disrupting motorists going about their daily lives on the M25. Hooray to that. This is Talk Radio. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.